0: Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Amen. Father, we surrender unto you, God, unto you that keepeth us, O my Lord and my Master, go God, from falling. We thank you this day for what you've done for us, that you've risen. And you've risen in our lives, O oh Lord and my Master. You conquered the grave, O my Master, O oh Lord. We know, Father, as you conquered, we will conquer. This morning, your oh Father oh God, we pray that Your Word, my Lord, my Master, will oh be spoken through us, O oh God, that we will gain a deeper understanding of oh Father, O oh God, for the purposes for which we've gone through all this, that would we'll add value to Your name. We thank You in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. Amen. Let's quickly turn our Bibles to the Book of Luke, twenty-four. Amen. Amen. Forty-four. We will start from there. Amen. A quick one. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Amen. Amen. If you look at 44, it says that he said to them, now, um, this is when Christ has risen. Amen. And he said to them, so who are them? Amen. Them are, 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 are the scattered disciples. <laughs> is, it not, is, is it not true? Them are the scattered disciples. When, when he, was going, he was going on the cross, right, the disciples were like, they were nowhere to be found. They were all scattered. One was in, 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 in Chichungo, one was in wherever, one was in somewhere, one was in somewhere. And and proud to that, he has said to them, uh, um, um, some of you will be doing this, some of you will be doing that to the extent where he even says, some of you would betray me and all that. And yet, he was still with them, and the betrayer was still within them. Amen. Even up to the time, the betrayer then had to go and do all that he had to do. And then he came to Peter, and he was talking to Peter, and Peter was saying all sorts of things, and was saying that, well, for me, I will not, not forsake thee. For me, I will be with you wherever you go. And he said to Peter, Peter, just be quiet. You have no knowledge of what I'm talking about. But you, Peter, you know what? You will deny me three times, not even once, not twice. But you will do it three times on the same account. Amen. And yet, there is there's something that baffles, and it's and, and still baffling, and, 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 and so you get a clearer understanding of what it is, you realize that, I mean, you know, Christ knows exactly what he was talking about, and, and clearly, Peter had no understanding of what is actually going on, although they've been with Christ for, for, for quite a while. You know, and he was teaching them. He was talking to them all the time. And, and, and he was telling them what is going to happen. And what he was telling them wasn't anything new. He was telling them more or less what the Bible had said already or had been written already. Because by that time, the New Testament wasn't part of it. It was what the old said. And he was referring them to matters of the old and letting them clearly realize that the, the old had predicted all that you are seeing already. And yet, they didn't see it. So if you move them from 44... Right, But that them I'm talking about, if, if, if I'm referring to them, I'm referring to them in terms of those that were scattered. Now he's coming, but he came back. He came back and said, I want you all to assemble at one place. I'm not talking to you in your scattered ways, in your scattered nature. Invariably, I'm not coming to each and every individual home to come and talk to you people there. We assemble at a particular place and I expect you all to be at that same place. And then I will walk in there. And when I walk in there, I will come and talk to each and every one of you on the same account, on the same voice. Now what is he saying to them he said them them means they were individuals to start with, but then they were scattered anyway at different places. So he said that I want you all to come together. You know what Christ is symboling there? He wants us to realize that except we come together, except we work together, except we join together, except we meet together, except we assemble together, nothing that needs to be done can be done, except we come together. Therefore, he will refer to us as as, as them in that sense, that each and every one of us will have to work together, each and every one will have an assignment to do, each and every one will have to know exactly what Christ wants us to do. So he said he said he said, he said, he said, he said to them, he did not say to only one individual. He did not only talk to Matthew. He said, come. Now I want us also to realize one thing. That before he spoke to them, they have denied him. It wasn't all gloomy and niceties. When they had a Passover, the, 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 the party was nice. But just after the party, everybody was scattered. And when they were scattered, they were, some of them, they, 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 they had, they had, you were with him. I said, no, I wasn't with him. Can you imagine? But they were with him. They were indeed with him. But when he got to the crunch, when he mattered, when alive, then matters. Because for you to deny means that you are not conscious of your life. That he is going to lose his. And if you are not too careful, then you will go and lose, he will lose his life. And you will lose your life with him too as well. And nobody knows what is going to happen. So for them, keep it safe. And say no. And the no will rescue you at least. So the comfort of saying no was pleasant to some of them at the time. Because that could save a life. In our lives, we all walk in corridors where we say no. And that no helps us to serve the purpose for which we find our comfort and we live in there. And yet, he understands. And yet, the man who rose up again, he understands. He would not count it to us as a wrong. But he will say, even though you don't want to be with me, even though you don't want to be with me, even though you denied me, I want you to come together again because I am back and I'm coming to deal with you irrespective of the fact that you denied me. It doesn't make any difference at all. I want us to realize That Christ was not looking at himself, but he was looking at the main substance of his coming here on earth to accomplish that purpose. And any other thing is not a distraction. Not even us denying him. Not even those close to him denying him. Those were nothing. Why can we say that? Because he said something. I'll jump. But He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So invariably, what he was telling them had been foretold. So they should know. We are talking about knowledge, aren't we? That is written. And once it's written, it's an information that has been passed on to them. So it should be part of their knowledge one way or the other. So they should know. But there is something that holds you from knowing. And what holds you from knowing is what he's coming to fight himself. Because he wants us to always remember that he is our Lord. He is our Lord. And he will save us irrespective of where you find yourself. Irrespective of what really happens to you. Irrespective of your circumstance. As long as you can confess him as your Lord and personal Savior. He is there for you. And nothing matters anymore. Because he's able. He understands. 45. He says something pleasant there. It's like, then he opened, watch that word carefully, he opened their minds. Why do you think we are making reference to minds? How can a mind be open? How can a mind be open? How can a mind be open? Your mind will not be open if you don't know what has been written. That mind will not be open. If you are engaged in the books of Moses, and you engage in the books of the prophets, if you engage in those, that's what he was saying in 44, if you engage in those, then your minds will be enlightened with what the information has said about me. But if you don't learn, if you don't learn, if you don't learn, if you don't go back and learn and read about what God had done, if you don't go back and learn and equip yourself with the information that needs to be equipped in your mind. Then you will lose the focus. And he went on to say there. He said, then he opened their minds. You know why they denied him? Because they forgot him perhaps. That he said he's the savior. Maybe they forgot him. That the Bible had written that in three days he will rise up again. Maybe they are forgetting. That he will go down the grave. And he will rise up again. Are we forgetting? That he will go down there and rise up again. Are we forgetting that the same God that you confess as your Lord and Savior, the same God is able to save you no matter irrespective of what you go through. I didn't know that before. And sometimes the extent to which I understand it is limited. And because it's limited, it influences the way I behave and the choices I make and the decisions I take. But when I realize, but when it please God, who's who separates the ignorance, and open your mind for you to clearly understand and know what he's talking about, you then realize that our God is indeed a good God. And that whatever he has said concerning himself and concerning us needs to be observed carefully. And we'll see what he will do in our lives. It's so so you could understand what he's talking about. He's not talking about calculus. I say calculus because I expect the young men there to to understand what the calculus means. Calculus is something in mathematics that we do. They say it's very difficult. But it's not calculus. It's not nuclear physics. It's not accounting. It's not medicine. He made a clear reference. He said that then he opened their minds so they could. So they could understand, that word, understand, that they could comprehend. They can comprehend that they will lose that level of ignorance and come to the knowledge and understanding, not of the medicines that cures us, but of the scriptures that is able to do much more than any other thing here on earth can do. Because we never read that Christ went to any medical school, but yet he was curing all manner of diseases. We were told. That means he has the power. He has the power. And and it is mind blowing, really. That he opened their minds. That means our minds need to be open. The minds need to be open. Don't deceive yourself. The mind needs to be open. And we are talking about the mind that needs to be opened by the scriptures. That means that the scriptures would open your mind. The scriptures would open your mind. Amen. You know, um, I can't just say something. It says that um, there's, a, there, there's, there's um, the prudence concept. The young man they would know, um, remember the prudence concept. It's like you don't have to anticipate for, uh, for, 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 for profits, but you, you, you have to anticipate for losses. Um, my young man, am I correct? No. <laughs> you are only nodding your head. I want to hear your voice. Yeah, I want to hear your voice, yeah. And that is a theory in accounting. It says to us as a professional, that, you know what? Don't anticipate for profits, but anticipate for losses. Where is it in the Bible? But you are governed by it. I'm telling you. You don't know you are governed by it by a theory that says that you should not and spare it for profits, but make provision for losses. Amen. Amen. So Jesus knows that our mind needs to be opened. And when the mind is open, when you hear something in the world, the scriptures they would also inform what the mind is comprehending on the other side of life that the world teaches. So if the world teaches you one thing, the scripture will also teach you something that throws in a balance for you to know that am I following the dictates of what the world is saying or am I following what God is saying? And Jesus is saying that I need your mind to be open because if your mind is open to the scriptures, then you will understand what I am saying and what I have come to do. Amen. Amen. And in, 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 in our life today, we hear the, the standard of living crisis, don't we? Oh, Christ also went through crisis. But when he was going through crisis, he, was, he wasn't really like the kind of crisis that we see today. That they will tell you tomorrow that your inflation will come down. And then the next time, the infl- inflation jumps by 0.2%. Or some percentages one way or the other. And it throws us into that kind of gloomy situations where it's like, then we have, we have, but he said, I have come that you will have life. Do you want to hear that? He said he has come, that you would have life. Sunak has come to make what he wants to do. And, and whatever he is doing one way or the other, is more or less promulgating a world system. But there is a system that sits with you and I. And that system is what I'm talking about. And Christ is saying that I need your mind to be open because your minds are open to the things of the world. Our minds are open. When the budget was coming to be read, there are others. Who are looking out for their portion, their portion in the budget. Why? Because it concerns them. It relates to them. They can identify with it. Because it will affect their lives one way or the other, whether they like it or not. And you realize that everybody was talking about the benefits. How much benefit am I getting for my child? Isn't it? Because it matters. And who is saying that? It's coming from the chancellor. So we're all waiting for the Chancellor to give us the budget so that we will know the extent to which he's making provisions for us. That's the world system. We subject ourselves to those. But the Bible is saying one thing. He's saying there that open your, open, open your minds, open your minds. Open your minds not only to the, to the Chancellor's budget, but open your minds to the Scriptures as well. Because in the Scriptures, there are budgets that will be read there too as well. And that budget concerns your life. Concerns my life, concerns our lives. Amen. So he said there eh, that then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And and sharply to come to 46, he was saying some few things there. I want us to realize what he wants them to really understand. It's not bread and butter. Okay. So he told them that it is written: the Messiah will suffer and rise. From the dead on the third day. Is it written? Are you aware? 47. End. I like that word. When I see the end, it throws my mind all running around. It means that it's a continuation. It's not ending there. End. End. Repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now I want us to note, note that area carefully. Now, it's said, like, a repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And that idea of proportionality came in. He was talking about forgiveness of sins. Invariably, what he was saying, that what had happened in the past... Will be forgiven. Even those who deny them, he's telling them that you will be forgiven. But then if you are forgiven, you have to go and preach the same word to everyone. And the for, the, the, the case of repentance and forgiving has a proportionality attached to it. I'll show you what it means. If I say mathematically, some of us will, some of us wouldn't. In 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 the proportionality, there is always a constant. Do you know that? You remember? Okay, is it correct? Is it correct, Michael? Is it correct? you said is correct. I like those young men. See, they are they are writing the exams and stuff like that, so they are really tuned up into the textbooks. But they should be tuned up into the scriptures as well. Yeah. If you take where the proportionality sign, you have to add a constant, so it will be like y equal to kx. That k is a constant. What we call the constant is the multiplier, isn't it? Now, what he has become is the multiplier, and that multiplier changes the extent to which your outcome would be. And what he saying there, that I am the multiplier. However, the parameters that you need to take in there, one is repentance, two is forgiveness. And you have to go out there and let everybody know. That means you have to go out there and preach. If you are preaching forgiveness, then the forgiveness in itself and the repentance in itself should lie with you first. Why? Because he said said to them, you have to go to all nations. But you cannot go to all nations if you don't start from where? The beginning. And the beginning is the environment in which they were finding themselves. And that area was Jerusalem. So if I have a word which has been given to me on the day of ascension, one is repentance, two is forgiveness. But he's saying that you know what? I want us to go and spread that word. But that word of repentance and forgiveness should start first where? From where? From where? My, 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 My beginning will be where? It will be your home. It will be your home. It will be your home. Oh, I said it will be your home. If you can't forgive in your home, how can you forgive? Out of your home. Because that word of forgiveness, repentance and forgiveness, should be what we are going to preach to all nations. When he gathered us, when he gathered them, what he was saying to them is what I'm telling us. That what he's saying is that, guys, I have risen. And the word I have come out of the grave with is repentance and forgiveness. And for that, I need us all to come together and agree that we have to go to our nations. But before you step a foot into somebody's nation, you have to realize that your nation matters first. And the environment in which you find yourself matters first. That will be the beginning. If you can't start from a beginning, then you have no end. Because it should be a beginning and an end. And they are clearly defined. And the definition here is the beginning from Jerusalem. And you're Jerusalem. Perhaps you are not there yet. So you might think Jerusalem doesn't matter to you. But when you are coming to read about it, that mattered to you because there was something in there for you. And I'm saying that I'm reading the scriptures and there's something there for each and every one of us. And Christ is saying that the repentance should start right from our home and it should not end there. It goes to forgiveness as well. And how do you forgive? That's the matter, isn't it? But Christ, he forgave. And if he's talking about forgiveness. To the people he has assembled, he's implying that I have forgiven you first. That's the beginning. So he said to them, in this home, I am forgiving each and every one of you. And because I have forgiven each and, one, each and every one of you, you also have to go out there and we will start from Jerusalem. So if Christ has forgiven me and Christ has forgiven you, then we have, we have a duty first in our own homes to learn how to repent and forgive in our own homes. That we don't all, all hold grudges in our homes. Grudges, that breaks a relationship. What's the first thing that he did? He assembled them. That means he's not breaking them apart. Not breaking them apart means that he's holding up the relationship together and making sure that in unity, will lie their strength to go out there and do the work they have to do. If we turn ourselves into pieces, how then can we hold ourselves together? If we tear ourselves in our own homes, how then can we hold ourselves together? We will not be able to hold ourselves together because we are torn. And in that area, Christ cannot work. So if he is rising, then he is rising with a message. And the message is to preach in his name. If you are calling the name of Christ, what are you adding to the name of Christ? Are, you adding our, are we adding our stubbornness? And the hardness of hearts. He answered the question. And he said, you know what? It's because of the, your stubbornness. The hardness of your heart. That's why you are not able to forgive. But if you are able to forgive, then that area of tearing ourselves apart and writing, writing, A certificate that separates us will not be there. Because the area of of, of separation is an abomination to the Lord. He doesn't like it. Amen. So you call them and say, hey, disciples, you know what? Although you denied me, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the word that we have to go out there and educate each and every one here living our life, living in this life, to know that for us to work together, for us to work in the name of the living God, we have to learn first to repent of the things we've done, and then learn to forgive as well. Amen. And the forgiveness is the message of Christ to the people. He assembles. If we are disciples of the living God, the one key thing we should learn to realize is that when it comes to the point where you have to suffer, where you have to suffer, oh, yeah, yeah, when I have to suffer, suffer, where I have to suffer for the peace of a home, for the peace of. Of our church, for the peace of our country and for the peace of our nation and for the peace of nations, then as much as lieth in you, we must be able to do it, because he himself, he paid the price to show us that although although we were denying him, yet he was focusing on the fact that he had to go through the suffering, to redeem us, to save us. And when he came up, he said that all. I have conquered all. So you, perhaps one way or the other, should learn how to sacrifice. And learn how to go through a certain level of sacrifice and a certain level of suffering. To redeem others and not look at you and yourself and you alone and think that you matter. And because you matter, the relationships will be broken. It's wrong. Amen. Amen. We'll end on that. And Christ wants us to know, from the holiest period, that is a process. And that process first starts from looking at yourself and pre- be prepared to sacrifice yourself for the others to come together. Amen. For your home to come together, you have to sacrifice yourself. And not hold on to wrongs. And not hold on to mistakes. Because if you indeed you love, then we are talking about the love that bears under suffering. The love, that doesn't say if or the buts, but because of the unity of a home to stand together, because of the unity of a group of people to come together and for it to hold, then we must sacrifice our lives, even to the grave. Because if you go down there by sacrificing, the lesson is that you gain it back. You don't lose it. Amen. So I want us all to realize that God is good. And if we gain a deep understanding of the suffering he's talking about, he will open our minds to his scriptures. And I, 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 Elias says something about, um, what's the name of our chancellor? What's his name? Who? Jeremy Hunt. I hope you all know him. I don't know him. Do you know know he's called Jeremy Hunt? Hmm? You don't pay your fees, do you? But perhaps if you pay your fees, you know about Jeremy Hunt. Now the point I'm making there is that if something matters to you, you pay attention when it comes to listening to the particular area that concerns you. So if you can listen to Jeremy Hunt. Oh, I know many of us was... I, I, I was glued to, I mean, my wife will tell you. I was glued in there. I would suck everybody from their room. i say, hey, go to your bedroom. I'm listening to Jeremy Hunt. Because there's something that concerns me. And I know if Christ is rising, He's giving a message that concerns me too as well. But the message He's giving me is not in a red box. You see mine is almost red. But it's not in that red box. And I want us to know that our life is not defined within the red box that they hold in Parliament. But our life is defined in the scriptures that God has given us. And the more we go to the scriptures, our minds will be open. And as our minds are open, the areas of repentance and forgiveness becomes much more easy. If we don't subject ourselves to the areas and confines of the Bible in itself, I know for sure I've gone through it myself because I know it it becomes very difficult. So we need our minds to be open. Amen. So we'll end shortly. By saying that I want to, I, I want us to, I want us to note one thing: that the, the 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 purpose for Easter, one way or the other, is to bring back what Christ had done. And one of the things that Christ did was to sacrifice His life. And after sacrificing His life, He came back to call them. Who is He calling? The, the same ones who hurt Him. Who has hurt you? Who had forsaken you? Who has said all manner of things about you. Who has done all kinds of wrong to you. I'm talking about a man. Perhaps you can find the same similarity in the life of Christ. When his own disciples deserted him. When some of them said to him, oh, oh, I don't know this man. And he even said to that man, upon you I will build my church. Who do you want to build your home on? Yes, you will build your home. But except you realize that the same people, the very same people that you want to distort. And disorganized are the same people that will help you to build that home for some reason one way or the other. So you need to realize that yes, for suffering you will go through. For hurt, we will be hurt. For hurt, you will be hurt. For hurt, I will be hurt. But one thing I have to realize is that am I looking at the heads? Am I looking at the person who hurts me? If I see the hurt, then realize, then go to the grave with the hurt. When you get to the grave with the head, cry to the father and say, Daddy, oh Lord, I am hurt. That's like you were hurt. But how were you able to find repentance for forgiveness? Teach me how to do it, and you realize that the power that He sent to us, the power. That he sent to us. He said, I am going, I'm not leaving you comfortless, but I will send it. When I send it, 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 it will bring all into your remembrance. One of the things he will bring unto you is the power to know that you have to go through a kind of suffering. And from the suffering, there will be a repentance. And from that repentance, there will be forgiveness. And it comes with you. And you are the first equation to learn how to do it. If you know how to do it, then preach that same unto everyone. Amen. If we don't do the same, then we don't have a message. So I want us to realize and look a a bit more inward. And don't look too far away because we have to go to the nations. But to go to the nations, we have to start from Jerusalem first. And our Jerusalem, my Jerusalem, I have defined my Jerusalem, will be my home. In my home, I I have the immediate and extended. My relationships with everyone within my home matters. And I have to find how to relate to everyone within my own home. If, I, if I'm at long with somebody in my home, I have to sacrifice myself and go down there. And go into my grave and realize and condemn myself to nothing. And I believe Christ will help me. If I have to build up bridges, then that home will stand. When that home stands, it begins the kingdom standing. And then I will spread to the nations. Because if I don't stand, and my wife don't stand, and my home don't stand, we don't have people who would go out there to preach that word to all nations. But in the ascension, it brings people together. And bringing people together, we should learn to bring ourselves together. And learning to bring ourselves together means that we endure the suffering of ourselves to build the home, to build the church, to build the community, to build the nation. And then we are able to preach to other nations as well. Amen. Let's be on our feet. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you've risen again. But for, for rising, you are already seated on the right-hand side of the Father. But for us, O oh God, is to remember ourselves of what you had gone through and the message that comes out of what you went through. For us to realize and learn and appropriate it in our lives that we would add value to your death and ensure that the work that needs to be done here on earth will be done. We pray, Father, O oh God, if you open the minds of your disciples, we pray, Oh Father, Oh God, that we commit ourselves unto thee, O oh God, that open our minds, O oh Lord, and my master. Open our minds, O oh Lord. Don't let our minds condemn us, O oh Father, but let our minds, O oh Father, be receptive, O oh Lord, and my master, O oh God, to your scriptures. And when we go unto your scriptures, O oh Father, O oh God, you reveal yourself, O oh God, unto us, O oh Lord. And let us learn to know how to go through the peace and know how to go through the peace of suffering. And the peace, of oh Father, that will help us to come to repentance, O oh Lord, and learn to forgive and the same unto others. That they will also come unto you, that together we would add much more value to your death and bring many more to your kingdom. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www lwmi.org.uk We hope you were blessed.